Join us and 1,200 plus other investors at the premier event for commercial real estate pros at the 2024 Best Ever Conference in Salt Lake City, Utah. Get exclusive economic insights from top industry economists, learn actionable strategies to scale your business, expand your network, and discover new investment opportunities. Use our exclusive promo code SPBEC24 to save 10% on your ticket. Visit www.besteverconference.com to learn more. Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Alan Berlowski. And Alan's passion for real estate began early on, which was influenced by his family's deep involvement in residential real estate. He has diversified his portfolio with long-term rentals, fixer-uppers, and multifamily properties. And as a licensed real estate agent, he gained valuable experience in residential sales and leases. So Alan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Very happy to be here. So Alan, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? Sure. So I'll start from sort of, I'll give you a tale of two careers. We'll start when I graduated University of South Carolina in 2011. So at that point, not a great job market, but I had some entrepreneurial endeavors I was looking at and decided to do the big boy thing and get the W-2 job and really wanted to support the military and do the business side of the house for the military. That was my first passion. So I found out what federal consulting was all about. My wife and I live in the DC area. So that's very, very common in this area. And I ended up getting a job at Booz Allen Hamilton, supporting the Navy and their chief information office, as well as their chief financial office, for lack of Department of Defense acronyms. I'll, I'll save that because only people that live in that space know about it. And then during that time, I got my MBA part-time at University of Maryland, and then learned about what internal consulting was all about. And so now... My job is working for the largest organization that is primarily focused on supporting the 50 plus. And so I work with a bunch of ex-consultants, mostly ex-consultants on the company's biggest challenges uh, that we face. And a lot of the work that I've done has been in the housing space and a few real estate projects. So during that time, I got married to the love of my life. We got to meet on the alumni softball team. So we actually both went to the University of South Carolina but we didn't meet there. We met in DC on the alumni softball team, which is pretty funny. And she's got this big, great Italian family that originally from Rhode Island and on her mom's side moved down to Greenville, South Carolina. And that's where I met her uncle, who is Brian Walsh. He runs Progressive Properties of Greenville, South Carolina. It's a very successful property management company. They've got probably now more than 450 single family homes and duplexes under management. And one of his clients is Arnson Adela, who's actually been on this podcast, and Brian into getting into multifamily syndications. And so when that was going on, I'd been talking to Uncle Brian about a lot of real estate talk and sort of my interest in doing single family homes and then learn about multifamily syndications. And so now I'm working with them in doing capital raising. Uh, and I started Nested Equity. So you can find that at nestedequity.com where I'll be co-GPing with them on future deals down in Greenville, South Carolina. Awesome. So when you were talking to your uncle Brian, what was it about real estate that interested you? 
So I was very fortunate. Both my parents exposed me to real estate from a very young age, actually from day one. So my dad was a real estate broker, residential, and he's since retired. And my mom, it's a fun fact, my dad met my mom in Ireland. And so when he brought my mom over, that's the only career she's had is being a real estate agent. And she's a very successful real estate agent in the DC area. And so I really have to thank them for exposing me to it and getting me to understand what real estate is. And because of that, I really got to see how essential it is, housing. Essential housing is to building wealth and just understanding the impact of housing to us as people. I mean, this is where we raise children. This is where we make most of our memories. We spend the most time, especially post-COVID or in COVID. And I still believe it represents stability in the American dream. And what is it about a multifamily that got you into that space versus going down the single family route, which was what you were initially going to focus on? Yeah. So great question. It's not how I started. So when I first started this sort of going down this path of real estate investing, my first goal was to really invest in five long-term single family properties. And the reason why is because you know I saw for both my parents and others how essential sort of having streams of income, especially when we get to retirement, how important that is. And I knew a lot of the benefits of, of real estate tax-wise and all that good stuff. And so I thought we'll have the first single family property will be dedicated to our first child and their college and tuition. Second house will be the second child. If we have a third child, then that'll be the third house. But then the next three were primarily for stability and retirement. So no matter what happens with social security or our jobs or what have you, we'll have a foundation that's solid and income coming in. And so I was talking to my uncle Brian about this and other people and my parents in the DC area and trying to figure out, well, how can I do this? And you know, I really love Greenville, South Carolina market for a lot of reasons, but one of them is because it was very affordable. And so the first deal that I did after doing a lot of due diligence and hours and hours on the MLS and Zillow and all that kind of stuff, ended up being a limited partner in a 43-unit multifamily syndication. So I'm sure your listeners are like, either what's that or how did that happen? And so that story is Brian and Arn shared with me that they were going to do their first multifamily syndication, or at least Brian's first in Greenville. And Brian said, hey, this is a new asset class for you. I think it's a really great long-term investment. Why don't you join the webinar? And just for informational purposes, just see what we're doing. I said, great. And so after the webinar, I thought, man, this just makes so much sense. I mean, we're investing in a team of experts. There's so many benefits to multifamily. It's bigger. The cash flow is fantastic. You get this sort of lump sum at sale as long as you execute the business plan right. And essentially, you're at least what they were saying was you're doubling your money in five years. And that just made so much sense to me. And so the way that I took this as an opportunity was I looked at it as a way to diversify my retirement portfolio. So I ended up taking some of the money from my Roth 401k and use it to invest in this deal. And the way I looked at it was instead of diversifying across stocks and bonds, I can actually diversify by directly investing in a real estate asset that's very tangible that I can go visit when I want to. And that is run by an excellent team because I noticed. And so that just resonated with me. And that was the first deal. So after that deal, I'm still gung-ho about, all right, we need to find the single family rental property. And so the second deal, I thought I had it. I found it on the MLS, was a distressed asset, needed a huge rehab. And this was going to be sort of using the Burr strategy. So buy, rehab, rent, repeat kind of deal. And the way I was going to do that and did do that was with a HELOC on our primary home. And at this time, this is 2020 into 2021, 
the rate was somewhere between four and four and a half percent. So nowadays that's like, oh my God, that's incredible. At that time, I was very nervous about how expensive that was. But I thought, you know what? It made sense. I trusted the team. I trusted my due diligence and got to negotiate with the seller, got it, ran the numbers and everything was good until Brian called me and said, you know, Alan, can you run the numbers again? And I said, sure. And I went over it with him and he goes, you know, I think the taxes are a bit low. And so fun fact, Greenville County is very difficult to figure out the exact amount of taxes on sale for a variety of reasons that we won't go into that now. And so I finally got the right tax number and realized instead of being $150 in the green a month, which bigger pockets always said at least $100 a month in cash flow is right for a single family home. I think that's even more now. I think I was about negative $150. So pretty significant delta in that. And so at that point, I'm going, man, I messed up. I have to drag with my tail between my legs to the seller and say, I can't do the deal. Then imposter syndrome set in and this isn't not cut out for this and all that kind of stuff. Then Brian sort of said, well, you can do that. Or I think we can flip this. And so it became a fix and flip. And so in that evening, similar to the limited partner in the multifamily syndication, I decided that this would be a great learning opportunity, although it's not what I want to do. I thought fix and flips are risky. And I thought fix and flippers are sort of, they have a bad reputation for wanting crazy profits and they're only in it for the money and and all that. And it just didn't identify with what I wanted to do, but I thought this would be a great learning experience. So we ended up doing it. And the way that we structured that deal was I was essentially the bank. So I used the HELOC to give to Brian and Progressive Properties. His construction crews did the entire rehab, and then we would split the profits 50-50. So very clean deal, very simple and straightforward. In four months, that deal actually worked out pretty well. We made total profit was about 44000 so 22000 a piece. And so I'm thinking, well, this is great. Now I have a down payment for, again, back to this single family rental property that I'm itching to get at. Yet I've done these other two transactions and I'm still just laser focused on getting a single family rental property. And so the third deal was finally getting the long-term rental property for my wife and I. And so we did the Burr method on that too. But unfortunately, this happened in February of 2022. So to do a fun fact for listeners, to do a cash out refinance with agency debt, meaning Fannie and Freddie Mae, they require a six-month seasoning period. And this was in February of 2022. So I'm thinking, well, I do know a bit about real estate. I know historically rates don't rise that fast. So we're going to be fine. Well, unfortunately for me, the fastest rise in rates in history happened during this time. So great timing for me. But I did wait the six months and got a huge break when the appraisal came back. So ended up buying the property for 125000 was to fix it up. Six months later, it appraised for two hundred and five thousand dollars, which was fantastic. So that was a roughly 60% increase. Got to pull out all my money and it cash flowed positively since from day one because there was already a tenant there and that worked out beautiful. So now fast forward another six months or so, I'm talking to Brian and Arn. I'm looking at all the three transactions I did and I'm sort of taking lessons learned and what I enjoyed in, for example, the fix and flip, what I was very surprised at was how emotional that was going to be. And so not only was that successful from a financial standpoint, that's not why I did it. Why I do love fix and flips and why I will do them in the future on a personal side when the opportunity comes up is 
the benefit to society that fix and flipping does. And so if you go to my website, nestedequity.com and and you go to the about page, you can see pictures of this before and after, and you can see the great work that Progressive Properties does. But I'm looking at this house and it was a hoarder was in it. And then they actually vacated and it was in terrible condition. Hence why I bought it for $60,000. And seeing just the pain inside this house and the pain that these walls have seen to the opportunity that we created by having this brand new home where the buyer ended up being, I believe she was a divorcee and she was starting a new coming from Tennessee and just knowing how she's going to start this new life and what great memories are going to be there for hopefully her and many other people down the road for hopefully this house lasts for 100, 200 years. It was very emotional. I wasn't expecting that. And so, but having said that, I looked at all three transactions. And I realized that multifamily made the most sense for me to really focus my wife and I's portfolio and investments going forward. And so after having a conversation with Brian and Arn, I started nestedequity.com to start capital raising. And how that happened was Brian said, you know, Alan, you've got a great network. You've got a good head on your shoulders. You're charismatic. You like people. I think you'd be a great capital raiser. And I said, Brian, that's very nice of you. What's capital raising? And so I learned all about capital raising, why it's so important in the multifamily space and the difference between a limited partner and a general partner. So I decided to pursue this as sort of a part-time job now. So starting this company on the side and then hopefully in five to 10 years doing this full-time with Brian and Art. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So starting out as a capital raiser, what are some of the things that you needed to get set up to start that venture? Sure. First was education. So I'm very big on making sure I understand everything or I need to know upfront. And so there was a lot of reading, a lot of talking to industry experts. Actually, Brian Arn and I just came from MFNCon, which is a multifamily conference down in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I got to network and meet experts as well. And so the education part was huge. Also, shout out to Hunter Thompson. I read his book. And he is fantastic and knows he's the expert in capital raising. So dove into that, bought his course and a few other courses, underwriting and what it means to run, not just understand from a sponsor standpoint, how the business works with multifamily and running and operating multifamily property. But then on the fundraising side, which is how I sort of call capital raising, how do you do investor relations well? How do you make sure that the money that you're raising from your investors and aligned with their goals and making sure that the investment vehicles you're putting them in is going to really do well for them. My mom always said, treat your client's money like your own. And so just understanding those principles. And then from there was about getting the website up, writing articles myself, reading articles and books from other folks, and then having conversations with people about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And for me, 
if my story and why I think multifamily syndication, a very powerful and true way to diversify your portfolio, whether it's retirement or whether it's your just active investments, that resonates with you. When I explain the benefits of the cash flow and quarterly distributions and this large payout at the end of year five or three to seven years on average, when it sells and the stability of this, people need places to live multiple and increase with equity principal pay down, the tax benefits, the fact that depreciation and capital gains passed down to limited partners is just huge. Very few asset classes allow for this or very few investment vehicles allow for this. And then the appreciation, I think it's an easy sell, but I'm really not selling. I'm just trying to find people that this resonates with. And if they're similar and like-minded like me, I want to create the best investor experience and make sure that their capital is allocated to the best multifamily deals out there. So Alan, how are you finding your investors and who did you start out with in order to start building out that investor base? Yeah. Friends and family is the start. My first raise is going to happen here in a month or two. And so we have build a rent project that's going on down in Greenville and build a rent is you know, where everyone's going right now, because with rates, value add and multifamily, it's just kind of tough. And so really started with friends and family, and then it's really grown from there. I mean, there's some people I thought would this would be great for, and they're not really interested right now, but they're intrigued. And then there's folks I've spoken to or that reached out to me that I didn't think was going to be interested in this, that very much are. And then they're introducing me to their family and friends as well. And so right now, family and friends is sort of the way to start. And that's what a lot of the research I've seen has done. And then from there, creating my own content, making sure that SEO is going well with the website and that being very active on LinkedIn and all those channels to make sure that I'm getting the word out with people that could really benefit from these investments. What did you find was your biggest challenge as you were getting started with capital raising and starting to reach out to all these different investors and spreading the word about what you're doing in the space in the industry that you're breaking into? Sure. At first, I think it's about trying to explain what multifamily syndications are. When you get down to the details I think it's practical. It makes sense. But I think there's so much jargon in this space of multifamily syndications and general partners and limited partners. And I mean, just cap rates itself, people have different definitions of. And, you know, just explaining how the deals are structured and how you'll get quarterly distributions. And for example, one of the ways I've explained it to folks is you get these quarterly distributions and then you get a big payout at the end at sale. Well, that doesn't always resonate with people. But for those that are more sort of old school and have a lot of CDs, I say, I compare it to, look, this is like having a CD where you'll get your distributions on some kind of cadence for us as quarterly. And then at the end, when it sells, instead of just that CD maturing and you getting your original principal back, you actually make a lot of money at sale too. So just educating these in this world, how it works and sort of dumbing it down, not dumbing it down, but just explaining it in layman's terms. Because I think some people get very nervous and when they don't understand something, you don't understand the terms, then they sort of just back away from it. But I want to sort of break that barrier down. So Alan, how has real estate investing impacted your life? Oh boy. I always knew I wanted real estate to be part of my career in some way or fashion. I think that the beauty of real estate is it can be as little or as sort of having a re in your retirement portfolio, or it can be all the way to active your full-time job and everything in between. And I think what I've realized is real estate is going to be the vehicle that allows my wife and I to retire the way that we want to. And so now it's just a question of at what age. And so right now, I think we're very much on track to at 65, we'll be able to live the life we want to live. 
Now what I'm thinking is, how do I more quickly get to do this full time? Or how do I take retirement age from 65 to 55 or 50 or 45? I think what real estate allows us to do is, is you know, certainly financial freedom, but it speeds up that financial freedom. And that's the important part because we all know that, or most of us know that the most valuable thing on this earth is time. And I think the older I get, the more I realize that. And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? I wish I knew that there was more to real estate than just that single family rentals. And that's the only way you can invest in real estate. And you have to get to 100 plus single family rental homes to reach financial freedom. I had no idea that you can do multifamily syndications. I had no idea that you can buy notes or do hard money lending as an individual. I thought you had to be a bank to do that. I had no idea that anyone or what build to rent was until a few years ago. And so there's just all these different ways that you can be an investor in real estate. And so luckily, I just found that multifamily makes the most sense to me. And that's what we're focusing on going forward. And what is the one thing that sets successful people apart in real estate investing? I think the ability to act. What I mean is you can do all the due diligence in the world. And I'm a consultant. We're trained to overturn every rock possible. But I'd say the hardest part for me, at least, was it wasn't the knowledge. I mean, I had all the knowledge I needed in all of these transactions. It was having the courage to just take the step to actually transfer that money and make that investment. That I think is what separates successful people from not because once you make your first investment or a handful and you break down that barrier and you're successful with it or things don't go so well and then later you get back to it and then it it does become successful. Those are the people that are in the game. Those are the people that over the long-term real estate is going to win. And so it's just getting into the game, not making crazy mistakes, making sure that you act and not just do the research, but make sure you actually dedicate and and act and make that investment. And so Alan, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? Sure. So they can go to uh, nestedequity.com. So that's N-E-S-T-E-D and then equity, E-Q-U-I-T-Y.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, very active there at Nested Equity Capital Partners. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alan. Great. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.